What's going on, everyone? Synex Realize here, and we are back with season two of The Sins Review. It's been a hot minute since I've actually done it. I'm pretty sure I stopped for a while. I don't even remember how long. It's probably been like about like half a year. Um, but anyways, we have a new guest. People have said to save her for a season finale, but I said screw that. We're doing it for a season premiere. We have the co-founder of Epilogue Gaming, co-host of the Left Behind podcast, as well as a writer of way too many articles to keep track of. We have Flora. <laughs> you good? Oh my god, the cat immediately just like knocked the cord out of the microphone. Um, your, your introduction was going so well. I don't care, I'm running with it. Do you want to keep it? We're, we're going to keep it going. Okay, cool. This, this, is the perks, this is the perks of having a video form. I can throw that in as content. Okay. <laughs> I noticed that that's something where, like, a couple of your guests have been like, you're going to cut that, right? And then you just, like, leave it in. So, if anything, I, I feel like this is meant to be. But yeah. We have Flora. Hooray. Hi, everyone. How Thank are you doing? Having me, no problem. Uh, How are you doing? I'm doing well. Um, it's... Um, you know, for me, the weekends are cherished, uh, and so I am just enjoying it to the fullest. Right now, it's su it's Sunday, unfortunately. Wish, I kind of wish weekends were longer. Yeah, do you ever get, like, the Sunday blues where, like, you just, like, as the sun sets, so does your enthusiasm? Like, um, th that kind of hit me uh, a little bit earlier, but I will be fine. I Like, something that put a smile back on my face, not only did I have uh, this uh, podcast to look forward to, um, but I got a few more books uh, earlier as well that a friend recommended me. So um, that was something. Um, I, I have things to do now. So even though my leisure time is over, um, you know, I have that little like expectation, that little serotonin. I actually um, was talking to some of my buddies the other day about like reading and all that stuff. Because like that's something I haven't really done aside from like, <laughs> reading like emails and just articles and all that other stuff when it comes down yeah. to it mm -hmm. but, but like part of me has been tempted to like try to get into audiobooks just because oh. my job involves a lot of dri like eight hours of driving anyway so i could f fly through books no problem that way so i'm like yeah um do you normally just fill that time by like music or uh, like yeah Okay. Pretty much, it, pretty much, I fill it with radio when it's not Christmas music, which it has been this whole month. And so I, so I have not been listening to the radio as much as I want to. So I, I, I go through like my liked music on Spotify. I, I, I ended up making a like a lo-fi EDM uh, playlist for okay. just like chill drives, and then I have like my podcast that, unfortunately, I'm all caught up on. So I need to find something else to listen to. Maybe I'll That's start listening worst. to maybe I'll start listening to the Left Behind podcast. We'll see. Hey, yeah. <laughs> um, so I should take this opportunity to to plug um, the Left Behind Game Club uh, podcast. We have a really exciting guest coming up um, and I just booked them like I, I talked to them like a month or two ago, but I just like messaged them earlier today and I was like, hey, are you still good for this potential date? And they said yes. So um, I, I can't say who it is yet. Uh, that would be rude to my other co-hosts. But uh, the game I can say is Yakuza 0, which, as you know, is like a huge <laughs> one for me. So I am like I'm like shaking with excitement when I think about it. You but, love um, your Yakuza. Absolutely. 
Um, I, I did want to like in just dig a little deeper on the book thing. Um, since you told me about like your music and stuff uh, in the car, like when I was in college, I um for two to three years was a delivery driver, and so I got so much audiobook slash podcast time in, and uh, like I went through the entire like Song of Ice and Fire series and uh, a bunch of like philosophy texts and self help books and stuff because that was you know how I was coping with my depression without medication, um, but like i i really would recommend it like if you just do something like audible there's a pretty huge selection um not a sponsor by the way and um the like i don't know or even just youtube there's just tons of stuff up there where like just pick an interest throw a dart at the map and see if it sticks so um it made those drives so much more interesting for me because i don't know about you but like driving is like incredibly boring so oh my god yeah like literally no word of lie like i get to work at 7 30 i load up my van i'm, I'm out of there by 8 30 9 o'clock and then i'm out running the roads until right now because it's christmas season like between five and six most days gosh yeah so yeah. if you got the time you might as well use it like at I do that with like all sorts of things that I consider boring, like washing dishes, doing laundry. Like if if it's something that I just have to do, it's going to take time and it's just a matter of me doing it. Then I just pair it with something that like makes me excited, like a video game podcast or something. So mm -hmm. like especially when it comes to doing um, like dishes and all that stuff, normally I'll just like throw like a YouTube video up or whatever and just watch yeah. that while I'm doing it. But obviously exactly. I cannot do that while I'm driving. So mm. well, because you got to watch the thing, I imagine. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. I. I'm so I'm supposed to be watching the road, but I really want to watch that video. Mm -hmm. eh, if I hit a few people, it's fine. Boom, 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 boom. Well, you get points for each one, right? Yeah, exactly. It it's a game. <laughs> Luckily enough, with like Spotify Premium, if there was like something I did want to listen to, I have done it with like one other podcast because like for some reason they, they just stopped uploading to Spotify. So I was like, come mm -hmm. on, help help me out here. So I like downloaded it all when I, uh on Premium, so I can just listen, which is good. I, I I don't have Spotify, um, so like I don't really know exactly which podcasts are on that service. Mm -hmm. um, I, I remember when like, I, and I hate to be the one to bring this up, but like when Joe Rogan uh, moved over there exclusively, that was like the first time that caught my attention. That like, oh, they do podcasts? What? Um, yeah. So like, I know my podcast, Left Behind Game Club, is on there. I just am not the one responsible for putting it up. So um, I, it's all kind of just like you know vague sort of knowledge. I, I don't really have any experience with it, like which is a bummer because at the end of the year everybody got their Spotify wrapped, like all those cool little like customized things, and I'm over here like a, like a boomer with um, YouTube Music, and um, <laughs> there, there's a tiny story behind that if you're curious, but like um, I, they gave like something similar, but it just was not the same. It was like it was like the generic brand versus the store brand sort of thing. Like honestly, I. I love my Spotify, crazy enough. But like, I've I've also always been like a huge sucker for music. I pretty much yeah. had Spotify for like forever at this point. But like, it was only maybe like a year before I started my own podcast that I was listening to other ones, and I was like, "Wow, this is this is a nice casual listen." Just out of curiosity, who was your number one most listened to artist this year? I assume you looked at like the um, thing. Yeah, my. I'm mad about my Spotify because, like, I wish there was a way for me to, like, have, like, two separate accounts but sharing, like, the same sort of premium. Because I use it on stream and I only stream, like, copyright-free music, my quote-unquote number one artist and my top five songs are all from stream beats. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, what, what's your top, like, real one, then? What's my top that? four? 
Um, oh gosh. Yes, out yourself. Yeah. Uh, I, I can tell you mine as well if you want. Oh yeah, if you, if you know yours off the top, um just go ahead while I find this. Yeah, yeah. My my number one was Dance Gavin Dance. Um been listening to them forever. Um uh then it was Lights. Um and then which Love I know lights. you like. Yeah. I, I see you, your name on her Instagram post once in a while and I'm always like, Hey Lights um, is Canadian, so Yeah, it's just because she's Canadian, not because yeah. she's like absolutely still smoking hot. Um oh, definitely not. <laughs> um then it was japanese breakfast and then for some reason i'm blanking on the fourth one and the i do remember number five which was um keiche okabe who's the near composer and i'm really shocked by that one because i don't sit there and put on the near soundtracks all the time but like i guess no one else would be shocked by this i put it on to go to sleep sometimes and i guess just the sheer amount of time of sleeping kind of like added up against me um oh, yeah yeah I think that was honestly what happened with like the the the, the, the my god the the stream beat stuff because like especially like when I do like the twenty four hour streams like whenever I like swapped like the full face cam stuff it's like playing like that music in like the background so yeah. however long I'm on there that adds to it and but my top four is uh, the weekend Drake Future and Taylor Swift okay so you're a basic uh, teenage girl. Yes, essentially. Okay, cool. God, we have God. that in common, just from other ends, I guess. Yeah, honestly, I think the ta- like the Taylor Swift one probably got up there because of her new album. I'm like I'm like ninety percent sure that's why it got up there because I listened to it like a decent amount. That I was no shame, no shame. Yeah, and and then I was I just can like, see it on your face, you look a little like like, oh, like I know it. it's Taylor Swift, but no, like, it's fine. It's... If you like it, you like yeah. it. Let it go. Oh my. <laughs> speaking of taylor swift did you end up hearing about those like tickets and stuff oh my Uh, god well i don't know all the context but the the part of the context i know is that Ticketmaster had like thrown up like a fake amount of limited tickets or something to drive up demand and therefore it made um more it made like the sort of monopoly over ticket sales that they have and the egregious fees that they charge like under sort of governmental scrutiny for the first real time it's i'm sure there's more to that but that's that's all i really picked up on on that story i didn't really pay attention or read too much on it yeah so pretty much in a nutshell like along with that on Ticketmaster stuff uh, a bunch of scalpers got into the uh the pre-sales <laughs> and mm-hmm. people are selling like a single ticket for like upwards to 200 or to like twenty thousand dollars <laughs> yeah <laughs> You gotta, I can't think you of a single rich, musician rich. I would be even like, you know, like, uh, how? How can you justify that kind of a purchase? Continue, I'm sorry. Uh, by, by being rich. <laughs> by, by being the owner of Ticketmaster. But yeah, as soon as I heard that, I was like, bro, there is no way. But, but, but luckily for me, for me I, I actually almost had a situation with a, um, a scalper when I was getting tickets for, um, for Christmas as well. Well, I, I can say it now because like it doesn't matter because this isn't going up until like New Year's practically. So what th- is someone going to swipe your ticket back or something? Uh, no, it's um pre- pretty much for for Christmas. I decided to, to get my mom um two tickets to oh. um to Shania Twain. Oh my gosh, that's cool. Yeah, that 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 don't impress me much. She a big um, fan? Uh, I think so. I hope so. You. <laughs> you just- <laughs> 
<laughs> but like, I, it I sounds did, like something my mom would like. Yeah, like I'm pretty sure my mom like loved Shania Twain when mm-hmm. she was like popping and, and all that. So, cool. so, so I was like, so I, so I messaged my stepdad and, and like talked to him on the phone and stuff. And I was like, hey, do you want to go halves on tickets? Uh, I want to get two tickets for her for um, for whatever day it is. I can't remember. I think it's in like June or something like that. And the yeah. ticket prices weren't too too bad like the the most i was willing to pay for a ticket was like 200 bucks mm-hmm. and the ones we got was like 190 something each so i was like okay perfect. I, was like, I was like thank god but yeah. i almost didn't end up getting the tickets because um during the pre-sale time i didn't have any money yet because i was waiting for my pay to come in yeah and so then once tickets were actually on sale and i had money i went to go check most of it was bought up by scalpers the ones that were reselling it it was like 400 bucks for a ticket ish which isn't as much as taylor swift but yeah, oh my god that, um that shouldn't be the standard and then there's like some like small sections of like up, up to like four seats that are locked behind a password through through like what one of the uh, banking services or whatever and because i the tickets were in quebec they were it was in french luckily enough the tiniest bit of French stayed in my system to understand what it was saying. <laughs> um, so luckily enough, my like my car loan is through this uh, bank or whatever, and I just had to deal with them on the phone, and they set up like an actual account so I can see how much I, I owe left, which is less than two thousand now, by the way. Um, oh. thank God. Um, so so I, I was able to use that account to get the passcode to get to those tickets. So I only had to pay the one ninety instead of like the four hundred bucks. I was like, "Oh my god!" Nice. So it all worked out in the end. Yes, I, I am like honestly, I am so content with it. I am so like I. I feel like she. I feel like she'll cry because like the funny thing is oh. when um when um my stepdad was getting the money to to send me in and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, she has control of all of all, all of his all of his money because he's not good with it, okay. which which is fair enough. Um, yeah, yeah. Apparently, he was like saying, "Oh yeah, I just I just need X amount until and and that'll be all I need for December." Yada yada. And then and then she, nord of a lie, said, "If it's concert tickets, it better be cheap." And and I was like, "Oh my gosh, he almost got that spot on." <laughs> Sniped. I almost off my mind. Obviously, because this is the interview, I do have like a bunch of questions I have written down. Uh, yeah. So I do want to get into like at least one of them now. Um, okay, sure. Because you know it's been about look at the time about yeah no yeah it's it's been almost twenty minutes. Randomly going off about Spotify choices and Christmas yeah. gifts. Yeah, we love Spotify. That's fine. Um, I, I enjoy it. Yeah. Um, Go ahead. So so one of the first ones I have is uh, since you've. Since since I've known you anyway, you you you've always been like a writer and all that other stuff. Uh, what was something yeah. that made you like first starting to write articles specifically on like the gaming scene, like new games and all that stuff? Yeah, um, I I've been writing for I mean kind of as long as I can remember being a person, but um, it, it didn't become like a core focus or passion of mine until like I guess mid high school when I was um writing lyrics for my bands and stuff. Like I I was kind of 
trying to write things that sounded deep and profound, you know, at, at the 15, 16 year old level of depth, emotionally speaking. Um, and so we, we don't need to go into any of that content <laughs> specifically, but like that's where uh, caring about writing began. And then uh, I really, really refined it in college when I started taking some philosophy and some literature classes that like challenged me um, both in like what I was writing about and how I was trying to write about it. And then um, there was a specific moment in, I 2017 where i played the game the last guardian have you ever played it uh i don't think i've played it but i think i saw some gameplay that's the one with like that kid and like that thing that looks like it's from the never-ending story <laughs> yeah 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 trico Fun, random tangent um i have a tattoo of appa from avatar the last airbender and a, a lot of people think that that's from uh never-ending story so it's funny that you make the comparison <laughs> with trico here um that that's like a motif because i've like never seen that film but like the references have come at me you know all the time but uh anyway y- you've got the right game mm-hmm. um it's 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 a game that kind of comes in the tradition of Famitu Ueda, who's like a kind of legendary Japanese game designer uh, who did Eco and um, Shadow of the Colossus. And so there's The Last Guardian. I randomly picked it up because in college, I wasn't really playing a lot of video games. I was focusing too much on my studies and I was a full-time student. I had three jobs. I had other things, you know, relationships, blah, blah, blah. And gaming just kind of fell off. Like if, if I had to kind of guess, it would be I was completing one to two, maybe three games a year, which is nothing. Um, Ultimately, I was just barely playing games. And so I played Last Guardian. My friend loaned it to me. And the ending of it, I won't spoil it here, but it made me cry. Like, and which at the time, nothing really made me cry. So it was a big deal. And um, it, it made me cry so hard. It was like ugly cry, like weeping, like just like like gasping for breath in between uh, because your nose is clogged, sort of cry- crying. And um, it, to this day, I think is one of the most emotional endings to a game I can think of. And uh, I was just utterly devastated and I needed to kind of process this. And no one that I knew had played this game, so I couldn't like talk to them about it. And that led me to start writing about it. And that, and that I was like, okay, this moved me. This did something significant in my life that I'm not used to media being able to do. And so how did it do it? Why did it do it? And like, what else, like what other kind of media can I look for that'll, that'll conjure a similar emotion? And so that really snowballed. I wrote, it was 40 pages, single space. I don't remember how many words. It was just absurdly long, this article I wrote about this game. Um, and I've never published it. I still have it, but I've just like, it's not digestible. No one would sit there and like read all 40 pages of it. Uh, and I've never tried to like edit it down or anything, but that began uh, my conversations with Ben because like I was just trying to find anybody who who knew like meaningful video games who could make you cry and stuff. And um, so so after talking to Ben about my enthusiasm about this game and like Final Fantasy X and some other things, uh, he Ben told me like, oh, I have like an online gaming presence like and so you know the rest is history. <laughs> that's a lot. I mean that's fine. It's a it's a big story. It is what is it? It's not forty pages long at at least. Yeah, that's um, closer to four. Yeah, what you could do if you ever felt like it to just just get just turn into an audiobook, call it a day, GG easy. <laughs> I really should do something with it. I just haven't. I don't know why. There's just nowhere to really where where you want to like necessarily put it. I guess. Kind but of, like, yeah. But like getting it out onto paper is like, well, I guess it probably wasn't paper. Was it? I don't know. 
Was it paper? The first few I did print. We had, um, as graduate assistants at our university, we had like free printing access for full color ink and everything. So I printed the first like three or four epilogue articles. Um, I, oh I could God. have done that with, with the last Guardian one, but I, I wasn't privy enough. Oh, that, that's actually pretty funny. I, I have them somewhere. <laughs> In fact, hold on. Oh, Just no. For the bit, if I have it right here, I think I do. I do. Um, I, I haven't shown this to anybody. Um, and these are like dusty, so forgive the that. But like, I legit, like, life is... Oh, God. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> it's got my old name on it. Um, oops. That's something I'd rather not be there. Yeah. But um, but I have like four or five of them. They're they're printed. They're high quality. They're I, I should have kept them better condition than I did. But um, yeah. Anyway, part of the history of it all. So pretty much um, with that game with that game, I guess um, was that one of your one one of the main points of you like falling falling back in love with gaming, or or was there like a different moment in in time where where it like straight up like just like kept the hook hook back in. I definitely think that was the reawakening of my love for gaming. Like I, I grew up um, being at various periods, really obsessed with various games. Uh, but in my adult life, I think that I sort of believed the things that adults had told me when I was growing up, which is that video games are a waste of time. They're frivolous activity, blah, blah, blah. And I, I just wasn't taking it as seriously because of my more like self-serious academic studies. Mm-hmm. Um, and so from that point, I started yeah like playing more games because i started seeking games that had stories to them that could be analyzed in the way that i was being trained at the university to analyze them and so i found games like uh inside and life is strange and um several others that um at this point probably all blend together here but Mm -hmm. by the end of that year the same calendar year that i played last guardian i was writing articles with this notion of like, okay, I'm going to start playing as many video games as I can. And I'm going to get through them. That way I have like a critical opinion about a lot of things. And I don't know why I feel this sort of insecure need to know a lot about everything. But um, I I wanted to make sure that if I was going to make, you know, like a sophisticated sounding academic claim about video games, that I ought to have a really wide opinion about all of these. So I started going back and playing like retro games and I started playing more contemporary releases and um, following like, you know, top 20 article lists of like things that people say, if you like the last guardian, you'll like blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I started just like going as deep as I could reading as much as I could started watching a ton of uh, YouTube video essays. And um, yeah, it just became an all consuming hobby that still to this day, um, I really spend more time than probably most people thinking about games even though at this specific point when we're recording, um, I, I have been kind of in a gaming rut. So uh, hopefully that will be something I get out of soon. I don't know. Yeah. Speaking of like the Life is Strange uh, series, I, I do remember actually playing that one before. I'm pretty sure I played like at least the first one. It was on, I, I think I played it on stream and the end actually like ruined me, turned off my webcam, walk away and cried for a little bit. Oh. Um, that, that was a real weird moment because, like, I never really showed that sort of like crazy emotion towards like a game. So I was like, "Why is this hurting?" Yeah, well, it, 
I think we need to spoil the end of Life is Strange real quick. Um, what did you choose to do at the end of that game? If it hit um, you that hard, I assume you remember. I don't think it I was. Can I don't think it was like actually like the end. I think it was like the end of like one of like the episodes or whatever with the um with the uh if someone hasn't played already Yeah, skip ahead like it, 30 seconds. Yeah. Tough luck, I guess. Um <laughs> but but it was the part where uh I think it was like Kate or something like that jumped okay, yeah. killed herself. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that oh, that that part was what hit me because because of like my like past the like trauma and stuff with that so i was like well this is gonna hurt that begs a question there because that i think that's episode two where um that happens in life is strange yeah either um, two or three i can't remember so so you might not have actually finished the first uh this five episodes the season no i i 100 finished i just don't remember you which did. option i picked okay got you but that that one is disturbing that's the one that hooked me like i i planned to sit down play an episode or two and just because i had free time and then i finished that and i was like oh no i have to finish all five of these right now in one sitting like i'm not gonna take a break and like come yeah. back tomorrow like i'm staying up till 3 a.m to, to get <laughs> through this because uh it that was just too uh i don't, I don't want to say that that like was a cliffhanger like it hooked me and like yay like mm -hmm. suicide subject matter but uh, it it did because I I wasn't expecting that from a little like high school video game. Yeah, exactly. Like like I I went into it knowing that it was there was going to be like realish sort of situations and stuff. Oh, and, I had no and, idea. And, 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 and like making choices and whatnot, but mm -hmm. I didn't know that it was going to go that deep. And I was like, yeah, shit. Like I I gotta finish this. I I don't want to bring anything down, but I'm curious uh, if you're willing to talk about it. Like you said that that episode in particular hit hard because of like your past. Oh um, uh, yeah. Can I ask like what you mean by that? Um, pretty much in a nutshell, I um, I I've one one I've attempted to, uh, one of my good friends from college ended up uh committing suicide like none of us not, none of his college friends like even knew like anything about it because he, he just seemed like he seemed like he was okay he was happy and yeah. stuff but of course showing happiness there they, they could also be masking um yeah it was like a whole it was a whole mess of stuff like like i went like i went to the hospital because of my attempt and all that other fun stuff but i think like for me like i'm kind of like at the point where i'm like I as much as I want to die, I'm not going to because it like I don't want to put that onto other people, yeah. Because because of how much it affects someone. Geez, that got that, that got yeah. No, I I pried into that, and I, I'm sorry for <laughs> yeah. like shifting the tone straight in that direction. It's yeah. I mean, um, I, a lot of what you just said resonates. Uh, really honestly with uh, my own experiences so um, i appreciate you being willing to explain yeah i mean like it it's it's something that uh, like a decent amount of people actually go through i'm i'm pretty yeah, sure I, i'm pretty I sure at one at one point i was doing like suicide awareness uh raising money for that at yeah. some point i think i think that was like after that um mm -hmm. i don't really remember off the top of my head but we're gonna we're gonna switch from such okay, a yeah, dark and depressing topic um <laughs> I should have I should have saved you for for the end and then just forgot. Um, <laughs> so so we're gonna get festive. We're gonna we're gonna talk about our holidays. What what are your plans for the uh, the the holidays, the Christmas, uh, the New Year's? Um, 
it, it's interesting that you asked me this year in particular because I'm doing something kind of different than what I usually do. Um, most years, I, I just go to my grandmother's house and spend the day there on Christmas Day. And like, it's just like a day trip. Like I drive there for like, you know, four or five hours, come back. Um, but this year, um, my grandfather passed away in the summer. And so that hit uh, my family pretty hard. Like my mom, my aunt, my grandmother in particular. Um, they wanted to kind of get out of the house on actual Christmas. And so they put together like a trip and we're going somewhere like somewhere I've never been, like a city, like three hours uh, to the west of us. And um, we're going to stay in a hotel there and celebrate uh, the holidays accordingly. And um, it, it's strange because you, you probably remember, uh, Sen, that I on Christmas Eve normally do a Celeste stream where I play the game from start to finish as like, hey, if you have like a crappy family or like nowhere, mm -hmm. no one to spend time with or anything like, hey, there's this place you can come yeah. hang out. And like that's been something that's really fulfilling for me. And so I feel really sad that I, I don't think I'm going to be able to do that this year unless for some reason, like the Wi-Fi is amazing at the hotel. Yeah. Um, I, I just I don't expect it to be at the hotel. But um, it, that's kind of the plan is just going out of town to get out of the house and hopefully not be dragged down by like past memories, you know, for those in my family who are still uh, in mm -hmm. the intermittent grieving process. Uh, again, yeah. sorry for the heavy thing. Uh, yeah. It's What's the holidays. Up? You you keep <laughs> you keep making it more heavy. What is going on? I can't help it. <laughs> Everything is uh, falling around or falling apart around me in the world. Um, but like positive news, I guess, is that it's finally going to be time for me to catch up on video games. Yeah. yeah. Hooray. Um, and then <laughs> the books that I mentioned, I can read them. And Hooray. Yeah, uh, so, so there are good things. Uh, it's just different this year because, you know, my family is still deep in that process. Yeah, exactly. Like, on, like honestly, having, like, a change like that is definitely good for the at least, like, the mental sanity of going through, going through, like, like a holiday and whatnot without that person that's typically always there. Yeah, I, I, I have had that situation with, like, with, with the passing of my grandfather, like, many years ago um and god it, it was still weird it, it even still shows up on my facebook uh when when, it, when the uh i think it was like the day he passed or something like that because i was like i posted something about it i don't know but yeah um but yeah like, i like i'm at the point where like it obviously it doesn't affect me even though he was like a huge role model for me and, and all that other stuff but like it it's something that obviously of course it comes with time it could take a year, two, three. You never really know. Yeah. Um, I'm a monster. I got over it before he died. Like, <laughs> we we had our conversations. I cried with him. We, you know, final sort of words. And it's yeah. like, okay, I, I accept this. And I, um, and it's kind of been weird to be the one person in the family who's like fine because like Thanksgiving, everyone was like in yeah. tears like every ten minutes. And it's like yeah. I'm good. Like I'm just I'll try to comfort you if I can. Actual psychopath. Probably, yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's the likelihood with serial killers having blue eyes. I have blue eyes. Uh -oh. Um, you know, I, I. Anyway, that's oh, no. so twisted. <laughs> I won't advance the joke for. <laughs> oh boy. Um, but but did, did you end up watching the uh the game awards this past yeah. year? Yeah, I did. Oh, uh, were 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 you uh shocked or like, or or anything about the uh like the uh what was it? The uh the winner for like game of the year um being uh Elden Ring or did you think that um 
that that God of War had a really good chance of winning that. Um, I wasn't particularly shocked by any of the results of the awards. Um, in a few places, I, I there was a clear injustice given, but that's the nature of award shows. Is like mm-hmm. everyone, someone's gonna always be upset with what happens. Um, for example, my game of the year is Immortality, and uh, like the couple awards that that game was nominated for, uh, it did not really win, and so it was just like, ah, I, yeah. I wanted that game to be recognized because I think more people should play it. Mm-hmm. Um, with Elden Ring specifically, I think in my gut it was the obvious winner, like the one that felt most deserving. Mm-hmm. Um, nothing against God of War, um, I've played it for five or six hours ragnarok and i just haven't been compelled to go back to it everyone talks about it like rapturously like it's this grand achievement and like there's nothing wrong with it i just it's this is gonna sound dumb but like it's so hyper masculine and it's so triple a that i just kind of like okay this is (laughs) nice i've played something like this before um whereas elden ring was my first ever FromSoft game that i finished um i tried and aborted from dark souls like two or three times before but like Mm -hmm. when i picked up elden ring it was like the same afternoon that i had muted it on twitter i was like i'm so tired of people talking about this and then i sat there and i was like you know what i'm gonna buy this game (laughs) and um so i did and i i sunk like six hours into it in the first sitting and i was like oh my god i'm utterly like i infatuated with this game and i i really 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 think that elden ring is one of the best games of all time uh, I don't mean that's one of my favorite games. I just mean like from mm. an as close to an objective discussion of video games as you can have. Um, Elden Ring offers so much in it as like a singular title. And so much of what it offers is like amazing. Like it plays with your expectations and all that stuff. So um, God of War is a well-written and well-acted and uh, well-polished sort of experience. It just the things it's trying to do don't really speak to me in particular. And so it's just kind Mm -hmm. of like I'm playing it because I feel like I should have an opinion on it rather than playing it because I'm genuinely enthusiastic to play it. So, yeah, exactly. Like, like for me, I haven't played any, like honestly, nine times out of 10, most of the games that show up in the game world, I have never touched in my life. It's either I haven't touched them or I've never even heard of them. Um, the only thing that I actually wanted to win game of the year because I thought it'd be hilarious was Stray. I would I will I will <laughs> cackle the Stray one game of the year somehow. But like there's but no like, way. Yeah, but like using the meme. Exactly. Like, like using my common sense, I knew that um Elden Ring should win that award. Yeah. Cause like because like I was talking with, with someone in my chat and like they they aren't wrong when when, when they said that like Elden Ring had um Elden Ring had had the world in the palm of their hands for like six months. Yeah, like that was the only game people were talking about. Like Horizon Forbidden West came out and I saw like three takes on that game. Elden Ring was like all day, every day, everyone on my Twitter feed posting about it. Discord was going off about it. Just like that's what led me to play it. I was like, how is this so it's captured everyone's attention? Um, Mm -hmm. And again, nothing against God of War, but like God of War there has been some traction uh, in the fall, but I'm not seeing nearly, nearly the impact that Elden Ring had. Yeah. Um, it, it would have been a- astonishing to me if, if um, God of War had won. Yeah, go- but- like, like, like God of War had like a solid like 
maybe month tops of like people like talking about and playing it for the most part but it it was nowhere near as close as it was with Elden Ring and also I'm just going to mention that God of War 1 something some like accessibility thing or something like that it's Um, got amazing options actually I'll defend it on that okay because like from what it was showing I was like did it just like change the color of them to like colors that way they know who's on your who's on your side and who you have to attack like that like that was the only thing i saw i don't know like exactly what they've done but i can't rattle off knowledgeably all of the accessibility settings from god of war but i know that when i toggled through like one of the first things that happens when you install the game is it asks you to set up some accessibility settings for yourself and when you go through them they are rather groundbreakingly comprehensive there's like think like from something as simple as toggling on a menu narration or a scene description like for people who might be like blind or visually impaired and unable to properly take in what the game is asking you to do um or like just there, there's um different like like more obvious like um the DualSense controller has some uh, adjustments to its feedback that it gives you whether it's the triggers or the vibrations and stuff like that mm-hmm. you can toggle all of that on like i i went into the accessibility settings immediately and i said oh you know those prompts in AAA games where you have to like bam a qte really quickly like just hit x a bunch of times yeah you can just hold it once like that's not a groundbreaking feature but um there, there nice were things though. that i immediately went and turned it on and like put the name of who's talking in front of what dialogue is happening like mm-hmm. just just basic stuff because like i'm not gonna remember 87 characters names yeah see like like that that was something that like i didn't really necessarily know because um because like obviously i never really looked too heavy into like god of war or anything i still want to like i still want to try the first one at least but like i'm like i could i could care less about actually looking it up or anything do you Um, have a sony console uh yeah i have my uh playstation 4 Okay, because it's like ten bucks all the time for God of War twenty eighteen. I would recommend it at that price. Yeah, like, like it. it the, my thing is, I never really use my PlayStation. It honestly yeah, just sits same. there at this point. Like ever since la- I got a Steam Deck, it's been the same. I don't ever touch it. Yeah, like the the last time I used it was is like whenever I would play like Overwatch two with my friends because mm-hmm. they because I guess when they play with me on PC, Overwatch is being overwatch and blizzard i guess um and apparently when you're playing it in pc lobbies and you're using a controller aim assist doesn't work oh yeah so weird yeah so we'd get fried for like six hours without any wins and we're like all right just just play it on console and then i caved and was like all right i'll do it i still haven't touched overwatch too um i i really liked overwatch yeah don't uh, (laughs) um i I would pick it up. I have every reason to say, hey, this game is going to be fun and I'll enjoy it. But like I had to bail on it when all the like sexual harassment assault allegations were going around with Activision Blizzard. And I didn't feel morally right playing that game while those things were going on. Mm-hmm. And as a result of that break, I just never went back. So uh, I at some point might reconsider. Uh, but you immediately saying don't is like, OK, yeah, probably for the best. Yeah. There's other yeah. games to play. Overwatch 2, I think, right now is already in its second season and introducing like a new tank character, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, but like honestly, the with those like allegations and whatnot, it was honestly one of the reasons I didn't end up picking up uh Call of Duty Vanguard when that when that came out initially. Mm-hmm. Cause cause I was like, I don't want to be supporting 
all that stuff. Like, I I wouldn't yeah. even buy anything in like the Call of Duty shops like I normally would. I just realized I brought it to some like dark topic again. I'm yeah, you, you I, honestly, I didn't even realize it, but like, like yeah, it's like somberly reflecting upon <laughs> the horrors of the world. It's yes. totally my fault again. Oh my god, uh, this is why we don't have nice things, Flora. Okay, this is why you waited till season two to introduce me. <laughs> yes, exactly. I'm sure your next guest will be more jovial. Oh, I hope so. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> but 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 uh, speaking on uh, like gaming um i guess like mechanics and like helpful things with it um what are um what what direction do you see games going in the future whether it comes to um inclusion or how like what games become like larger and and all that other stuff like because obviously like the like the uh soulsborne sort of stuff isn't necessarily obviously isn't going to be on top like 24 7 all the time because that yeah. landscape would change as well it's hard to say anything confidently about the future of something like i personally don't feel like i understand the current landscape of gaming well enough to make a reliable prediction about like oh virtual reality is going to be the future or something like that like mm-hmm. i think there's an a direly untapped uh, augmented reality potential which like for those who aren't familiar it's it's not quite vr you're not putting something on your face and obscuring your senses um it's rather like you look through a device or something and or like just something appears in the world that isn't really there but it is projected in a way that looks like it's there um like minecraft uh i forget what it was called it was like minecraft world or something uh was going to be this where you just point your phone at something and you know all of a sudden you have like a uh eiffel tower created out of blocks and like oh you can just point your camera there and that it exists in the digital world um like i i feel like that like where like ar glasses or something would be like a near future thing that we just kind of probably aren't expecting very much from at least right now um there's no flagship games that are like driving technology in that direction but that seems like an obvious like i know technology is about to be there if it's not there already it's just a matter of someone pioneering it um yeah like i I believe there was like like obviously google glass was something that they did try google glass Um, was an attempt of that yeah yeah what which obviously that that didn't end up going very well but like but 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 because they have that like at least little like base of like having that they could use that for potentially something that works you like a bit better or more uh towards what people are going to be wanting with augmented reality yeah Yeah, and i also think that like i'm not a big believer that humans are going to start installing microchips in their brain or anything but like if that were to become a path we went down where that became medically useful necessary or whatever that would be the next obvious leap for video games to take. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not a huge believer in VR. VR is fine, but I think the, like I said, the sort of having to put something on your face is a big deterrent to that. Where like I, the reason I don't play more VR games, even though they have really cool stories and mechanics, is because I don't want to sit there and like block off everything with like a five pound something sitting on my face. It just feels weird yeah um, and it's it's not comfortable or natural it doesn't like hurt or anything but it's just like i don't know i don't feel at peace in the same way like when i play a game i just want to like lean back with a controller in my hand and like do nothing uh it's one of the reasons why i feel like motion games didn't continue very much after the wii like 
Um, mm-hmm. You know, you still have your just dances and stuff, but like those are like less popular than ever, I would say. One thing that I am like kind of thinking that could happen with like the landscape of gaming is I I had something at the beginning and then I lost it. No, no. <laughs> um was it ar vr um microchip stuff uh i i feel like it was like closer to like a vr standpoint i think i think like a lot like they might do something like more with like vr obviously like because that seems to be happening like more and more with people uh making more like vr sort of related stuff like because i think didn't meta just put out like a new um vr headset or something like that isn't that what's going yeah. on i don't know uh, i don't i'm not up to date on the latest technology but um they do have a pretty substantial vr headset that sounds like something they'd probably do yeah i i feel like like there there could be like a lot more potential with vr like the biggest turn off for me for like when it comes to vr it like i tried it like once i think i, I just played like mm-hmm. Saber, but like the headset just like, like like you mentioned it's like a five pound thing and like one it weighs way too much for me to want to keep wearing that two i got super sweaty in there in like about like an hour yeah and it was just super uncomfortable to wear i'm like i i'm like if i wanted to get into vr i would need something like way lighter and all that stuff something that feels more natural like like glasses like oh yeah it's a it's a total pain in the ass to start wearing these things but then you put them on your face and they don't bother you and you stop noticing they're there until you see your reflection and it's like oh mm-hmm. okay like yeah. that's where vr needs to get yeah exactly but one thing that i actually would like is like maybe like for like card games like having like actual like holograms like like how you kill yeah the, okay cool the, like like i think something like that would be absolutely insane especially at like tournament level stuff like like uh, Yu-Gi-Oh IRL like you yeah. know <laughs> like the like, show how the dual discs and stuff like they would have these like massive like projections of obelisk the tormentor and stuff like give me yeah. that IRL I'll pay a thousand dollars exactly like like I know that there was a uh a streamer who who made something for like Yu-Gi-Oh or whatever like specifically for like his stream or something like that mm-hmm. um and I've seen like other videos like around of like oh look at this um hologram of like digimon and all that other stuff well not even digimon but but it would be cool to see like a digimon one or like a pokemon tcg one at their tournaments yeah, like, pokemon like would be great because like pokemon has like their tournaments like every year it like would dynamaxing be, irl yeah exactly like 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 i think it would be phenomenal if the uh pokemon tcg or like people over there figured out how to do the like the holograms like especially at worlds that would be insane god i I would empty half of my savings right now if you could get an, a real haunter in my life. Like it's just like comes <laughs> off of a device and it's just like, oh, here's my haunter, and like it just appears. Oh yeah, my like, god! Yeah, like that would be like absolutely like insane. Yeah. But like speaking of like future stuff, um, we're about to get into like 2023. Um, do you have like any goals in mind that you that you're gonna that they feel like setting for the year, or have you just like not thought about it? Because I definitely have not. I've thought about it. Um, it's a question of how into the weeds I need to get with this answer. Um, this is coming out, this episode, like, beginning of January, right? Yeah, I, I'm, okay. I'm, I'm going to aim for, like, January 1st, but, like, it might be, like, a week or so after. I haven't really figured everything out. 
Okay, so readers of Epilogue will know at the time that this goes live that I am actually taking a pretty significant step back in 2023 from my gaming content. Um, this is not like an I'm breaking up with you, like love interest sort of thing with my with my games or my articles, but um, I am making a couple really drastic changes in my personal life that are going to have to take the focus for a couple months. And I don't know how long those changes are going to take. Um, I, I'm talking everything from career change to location change to other things. And so I, I've just got a lot to like plan out and execute on. And like, I don't want to try and commit to like, for the last five years, I've been writing an article every 11 to 12 days-ish on average. I did mm -hmm. the math recently, 162 articles in five years pretty impressive output for like what i initially set out to do and um I, i'm gonna have to like strip that back it can't be every 11 12 days anymore mm -hmm. so um a plan is i'm going to do less next year and <laughs> um that's it sounds like the opposite of probably what you were setting me up for like here's your chance to plug some exciting future projects um but i actually am trying to like make sure that i respect my personal boundaries uh even though I, I do love writing and, and creating content about games, the same thing is going to be true with my podcast. Um, somewhere in the spring, I will be stepping back a little bit as well. Um, still going to be on there, still going to be writing articles, still going to be having episode appearances, etc. cetera. Uh, I just can't do it as reliably right now. And so there's that. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wish it was more cheerful news. This is the motif. I keep bringing everything down. Yeah, but the, crazy, like, right? here's, here's the thing. Um, the personal changes I'm making in my life are happening out, out of a place of urgency and fear for safety and like some stuff that like I don't want to go into specifically, mm -hmm. but getting out of them and finding the security that I'm looking for elsewhere is going to bring satisfaction in my life. And I think that that's going to be really, really worth it. And so that's an exciting thing for me, at least. It's like though the, the reasons underneath what I'm doing are not the best, the outcome is going to bring a lot of relief. And so, um, yeah. You have to like put yourself into like, the right like situations and whatnot you especially like when it comes to, like your mental and your your just sanity in general yeah um yeah um speak also going off of like you mentioning like a bunch of changes and stuff um mm -hmm. are of course um someone who is a tra who who is transgendered <laughs> and and how um, dare you what a what an uh, offensive segue you you know what i will I, I will say things that will make me not liked. Um, Go ahead. No, you're no, you're, no, you're no, welcome no, to ask me about anything trans-related. One of the things that I was curious on is um, when did you have that realization that you were transgendered? Um, the question of when I realized it is unfortunately complicated. Like, mm -hmm. there were things that should have been signs early on in my life that, like, oh, I like raided my mom's closet and like put on her makeup and stuff when I was four and walked around the house in high heels and like said I was this like girl cartoon character or whatever. Like that should have been a sign, uh, but it, it wasn't. And then like, you know, being called like everything from the F slur to feminine put downs in middle school, high school. Um, they Like, again, there was just a lot of like something was off and I always thought I was gay, but like I it was a I couldn't think I was gay because I wasn't attracted to guys. And so like, I was like, this doesn't feel like everyone said that they thought I was gay. And it was like, Oh, okay. Um, 
it just there wasn't the example of a trans woman or just a gender non-conforming person in my life Mm -hmm. and the examples i had been given by pop culture were all like ace ventura at the end everyone pukes them like gags themselves because oh god you slept with a woman who's who's got a penis or Mm -hmm. um or just like what it was a joke or it was something to be ridiculed like or sorry like just like disgusting moral abhorrence and so i didn't meet a trans person until i was like 23 i think so like (laughs) late into my life and uh not that that's like old or anything but like if i had had the example when i was younger it would have clicked i would have been like that's the thing that's going on with me Uh, i just didn't know it was possible and um so like i had i started i'm trying to do the math in my head right now back in like 2013 2014 i really started having some active thoughts that i might be happier as a girl like and i started like following trans people because it's toxic as this sounds like i was like oh trans people can be hot like i found like some trans girls online and i was like oh these are really really cute people and it's like Oh, it's, you don't have to necessarily be this like hideous, obvious, clockable person or whatever. Like all these standards of like mm-hmm. cis normativity and beauty and like just anyway, I've had to like work through all of those layers over the course of my adult life. But by the time um, I think 2018, 2019 rolled around, uh, I was just out of college and I finally was able to reduce my workload and I finally had some time to think and spend some time with myself where I wasn't working. I wasn't studying. I was just me and um i started kind of having conversations with people and i was like sort of role playing in a way with them where i was like can you refer to me as a girl and like with this name or whatever and just kind of like just tried it on like a pair of clothes just to see how it fit and uh it felt really good it felt really comfortable way more comfortable than the other way that my life was going and the ways that i was being seen referred to and expected to behave mm-hmm. and um it, it you know that that you know continued snowballed up until the point where um i know you didn't directly ask me about this but like the conscious realization was there the whole time at this point in this little like recap mm-hmm. where i knew that there was something off gender wise i just didn't want to accept it because it would make my life so much harder and it would put me at risk of like you know being on the receiving end of hate crimes and stuff like just I don't want to uproot this, the social ridicule, the threats, the, the everything in between, uh, in my, where I currently live, um, landlords and whatnot can deny you from renting out places just because you're trans. They, they're just allowed to deny you for that. That's a Um, thing. Yeah. Yeah. There's no legal protections, uh, where I currently live. In fact, they're the few that are there have been directly eroded, which is why I'm trying to get the hell out. (laughs) uh amongst other things so um yeah anyway this is all to say that like i wasn't going to come out i think or at least i didn't have the courage to until someone outed me i i severed my relationship with somebody uh who knew um and who had been sort of role-playing with me uh in this sort of gender role and when i cut them off because they were being really toxic with their behavior to me um i i drew a boundary i said nope we're not we're not going to associate anymore they messaged a bunch of people that I know and shared screenshots of our conversations and outed me. And, uh, and at that point I had a decision to like come up with some crazy elaborate story to deny it or just be like, yep, this is true. And unfortunately that experience, I, I, I 
was confronted with an impossible dilemma and I, I went ahead and admitted to it and everyone that had been sent these screenshots was cool about it. Everyone was like, Oh, like, okay, cool. I'll support you. And I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I, I had no idea that was possible. I thought that immediately I would be laughed at or cut off or, or, you know, insulted or anything like that. And, and people mm -hmm. accepted and supported me. And so um, that was the reassurance I needed. And here we are. So, mm -hmm. yeah, it, it's definitely a good, a good thing that like, especially we're starting to get to that um point in in like the world where um a lot of like being like transgender being gay yeah. um and, and and all that is like is like perfectly fine with people that like yeah. it's it's a lot like it, it is still a problem of like transphobia homophobia and all that stuff but but the fact that it's more accepted now that that there are these people and and they are like normal people like the rest of us mm -hmm. it's like it, it is one thing that i am glad that there is yeah um one of my best friends in middle school um who stayed friends with me through high school and a little bit after into college uh he moved away so we don't really talk that much anymore but um he came out as gay in like i want to say eighth or ninth grade and mm -hmm. that was the biggest deal in the world like everyone always had like rumors like Oh, so and so is gay, and it was like, as one of his best friends, I was like, "There's no way he's gay," because you know, and I just I had all this internalized homophobia, internalized transphobia, stuff like that, and I was like, I would have known if he was gay because you know, the narratives you're fed about these people is that yeah. they're they have some bad reasons for being who they are, and and unlearning that through like firsthand, someone that I deeply cared about was was kind of the incipient um gesture that enabled me to start questioning myself later down the line and, and feeling less of like an outcast or a freak despite you know the relentless sort of bullying that you receive for being a more effeminate uh quote unquote at the time boy like like i believe i believe in high school there was like a few people who were who who have uh came out as like gay and, and all that i think there was like as far as i'm aware there's only two guys who did mm -hmm. uh i don't i don't know if if any of the if any of the girls did i wasn't yeah. pop i wasn't popular so i didn't talk to anyone i was a loser i would sit with my few friends in the uh in, in the cafeteria and just talk about either like call of duty or some other yeah. stupid thing but like for the most part like everyone just seemed like cool i'm like i'm vibing it's whatever like like obviously like how we're raised like does get taken into like consideration of, like how like our brain thinks about like yeah certain people like back then of course there was like the uh the stereotypes that were like stuck in my head is like oh surely this person must be gay because of xyz yeah, but then yeah. but then they really aren't and then like obviously like uh it has to be like untaught <clears throat> and like just taken completely out of the system like because like cause, like there, there's been like so many different things that have like changed about like how like you have to like think about things and like and especially as like a, a teenager, you don't really think yeah. about all the different consequences and to like actions and all that stuff. But, like as an adult, you learn how to like be more understanding of it. Yeah, that's what I found. I certainly was fed a lot of narratives about how to view people in the world, and uh, most of those narratives had flaws in them that uh, even to this day I'm still reckoning with. I think that's why being open-minded is, is so important. Like mm -hmm. I, I, 
I wasn't like head in the sand ostrich level of teenager. Like I had opinions about world issues and how politics should work and like what injustices I could identify in society. But um, if, if I could compare the way I look at the world now to how I looked at it at 18 or whatever, um, I think that I would be pretty horrified at, at some of the views that I used to like hold on to just because that was what I was given and it felt self-evident uh, until I had later questioned some of them. Um, so yeah, I mean, like there's, there's always this room, like I, I described it sometimes that I have like an asymptotic relationship to truth at this point in my life, which means like, you know, in math, like an asymptote, like it's like a graph that like goes as close to the line as possible, but never quite touches it. Yeah. It just gets progressively closer and closer and closer. But there's like that infinite space between the line of the graph and the line on the graph are yeah. like, they never meet. And so it, that the way I use that analogy in my head, at least, is like with everything that I believe about the world, I can approach certainty and I can get really damn close to being certain about something. But there's always, no matter how close, a possibility that I could be wrong. And like keeping that little like asterisk on everything that I believe has enabled me to like have the humility to change my mind about things at some point in my life. And like, mm -hmm. um, whether it's something like, you know, core to my being, like my gender or something more, uh, like disposable, like my view of how to, uh, best consume products for the sake of the environment or whatever, like that range of things is totally informed by what I currently know and what I currently know can always be upended by something. So, um, yeah, I, I think that's like a good thing to aim for. It sounds self-important, like I've got it all figured mm -hmm. out, which I do not. Um, and do we, so, do we ever really have it figured out? No, I think I think one of the reasons that so much harm exists in the world is because people pretend that they have it figured out. And uh, if people would just admit that they're making it up as they go along a little more often, uh, <laughs> I think I think we'd all be a little better off. Yeah, exactly. Like like know. nine times out of ten, I think most adults are there. They're a hundred percent winging it. There is no way yeah, that they have anything totally. figured out. Yeah, it's it's just a it's pure luck. Like, how are you? Like, what genes were you given? Where were you born and raised? Like, what socioeconomic status of that raising occurred? And then, like, once you hit adulthood, like, roll of the dice. It's just a giant like Dungeons and Dragons game. Um, I don't know. That sounds too grandiose. Again, I, I do not have things figured out, but that's like a pretty easy way to look at the world. Like, oh, we're all just really lucky or really not lucky. And, you know, we do the best with what we have. Have you ever actually played Dungeons and Dragons? Um, dabbled, like, like lightly dabbled at like a summer camp a couple years mm -hmm. uh, in, into my teenage, I want to say like 14, 15 or something. Um, my impression of Dungeons and Dragons is generally positive. However, I don't like I run into a lot of cheer pressure around it. Um, like when I say cheer pressure, it's like peer pressure, except people are hyping up something a lot. And they're like, oh, you would really like this thing. And so many people get so excited about the thing that you kind of your inner rebellious, like, I don't want to even try this now because so many people are recommending it. That like, I don't know, countercultural vibe. Maybe that's just me. Um, I, I end up like not wanting to like it. It sounds no. stubborn and dumb, but like <laughs> I know a lot of people who are like, come on, Flora, please play Dungeons and Dragons with us. And because they're so eager and so insistent, I'm like turned off. Yeah. Um, um, surprisingly enough, I didn't really know exactly what Dungeons and Dragons was until like maybe like a couple of years ago. Like I knew really? like I knew like a little bit about like kind of what it was. But then I started listening to like, funny enough, a Dungeons and Dragons podcast. 
That's how it's going to get you, though. You buy into the narrative of someone else's game, and you suddenly want to play it yourself. Yeah, and I was like, honestly, I like like a lot of it does come with like specifically like a talent of like being able to like bounce off people and like yeah and and, and like improv because there's obviously like a lot of that obviously like because like the dungeon master he, he knows like everything that's like gonna happen but but all but all the characters are kind of just like here you go figure it out and like oh that would that would be a real shit show if i was in it <laughs> yeah i don't have the creative imagination or the memory to be good at a game like that like i i wouldn't know what to say if given a scenario or how to respond in character or like i don't know it's just too much work yeah it it, it would fun. definitely it, it would definitely take a lot of work especially like being like new to it and just like not knowing what the hell is going on <laughs> so we're actually going to hop into um one of the uh little games that i have um oh i i have played this um previously on um all right on the other uh, stuff uh, cat oh no i i heard can he just spilled my water oh no <laughs> I'm just gonna get a t-shirt out of my laundry and <laughs> yeah, that'll I'll, do. I'll deal with it more properly later. <laughs> Sorry, it's I all saw good. that coming. <laughs> oh, it it is what it is. Go ahead. But yeah, th this game is one that I play. Like I believe I, I played it like every episode. I think. It, mm -hmm. Um, it's called One Has to Go. I picked three things that you like, and one has to go. Uh, mm. it's, it's 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 pretty straightforward. Um. So the options of what has to go is uh, Yakuza, Nier, and Fall Guys. Oh, Fall Guys. Oh. Easy. Yeah. yeah. You misjudged. I, yeah. Um, I, I, only, I have played... Go ahead. It's only because I know that you play way too much Fall Guys for your own good. I've played well over 300 hours of Fall Guys, which is more than I can say for any individual Nier title. You are correct in using that in your assumption. But um, as far as games I like care about, Fall Guys is just like... I don't know, like a fun party game, whereas mm -hmm. like near makes me cry and like Yakuza, well, has also made me cry. But like, I just am really passionate about like the world and the stories and like the mm -hmm. silliness, but the seriousness that goes on simultaneously with them. So, um, yeah, it's that for me, that's easy. If you had gone like it, I did a Twitter poll not so long ago and it was like near Witcher or um, or Yakuza, which one is my favorite franchise of all time? If you had gone Witcher, then I would have been I would have been really stuck there. Uh, I should I should have done more research. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> you you got three. I mean, those are like seriously like all time games for me. So so yeah. Good um, question and fun question. Yeah, and and you've also been keeping up with um, what is it like like Spy Family and all that stuff too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, ton of I, anime. Yeah, I I kind of just like stopped watching. I think I just like ran out of time to like do anything and then i just forget about it so, you, you say that like i'm going to be upset yeah. with you um no. should i scold you for for falling off my family oh yes absolutely please scold me i like it how dare you mommy your is <laughs> is waiting for you and you are denying her the opportunity <laughs> anyway the audacity yes mommy your will find you because she is an assassin i think like the last episode i watched was um the one after they got the dog i believe so like i think oh, i'm like so you're like in season two still yeah, yeah. I, i'm in season okay. two but like i'm i think i'm like a, probably like a couple weeks behind at this point which that's I, okay yeah like i i could catch up at some point but like honestly i i really like the anime yeah it, it's something to look forward to at the very least like 
I, I'm a sucker for just like latching onto things as like a, oh, I can, like I, I mentioned like these books earlier, like just having mm-hmm. something knowing that like I have all of this to look forward to is sort of a way that like forestalls like being depressed. Like it sounds like a joke, but it works. Like if I literally just see, externalize the thing that I can like, oh, distract myself from or whatever, or just like appreciate the story of or anything like then then it's like exciting for me. And so like Spy Family, uh, when it was off air over the last couple months, it was like, that's fine. But like, as soon as it came back, I was like wiggling in my seat, like ready, like refreshing Crunchyroll at like 11.29 <laughs> um, just because it just that that dopamine release was so strong. Um, but yeah, Spy Family has become one of my favorite anime. I, I, I don't think it's a favorite of all time or anything, but currently it's it's arguably the one that I look forward to the most. Like I'm watching Spy Family, Blue Lock and Chainsaw Man right now, like uh, ongoing ones. Mm-hmm. And um, and those are like kind of equally exciting. But Spy Family is like the one that I get giddy for. Yeah, like there, there's been like a few different animes where like I've like watched like all of it and all that, like like Demon Slayers one. I've been mm-hmm. I actually kept up on that one, surprisingly enough. Um, What else was there? Dragon Ball Super, obviously, because big dragon ball nerd and it's just easy it's just, it's just easy nostalgia for me yeah, uh, yeah uh spy spy family was one that i was watching until like obviously recently um but like i find it's just hard to like keep up with like the weekly ones but like if it's all out at once i find it's easier for me to to uh consume that i feel mixed about that like i i prefer it to be released at once but I for some reason my motivation level is lower like Jojo Stone Ocean um part three got dropped on Netflix recently and I watched the first episode and loved it and had a great impression from it and it's been two weeks now and I haven't actually gone back to it um I need to and I will when I have some time off work soon uh but like the fact is um I only have to commit to 22 minutes on Saturday or whatever for Spy Family and that's Mm -hmm. like oh I'm caught up I have that satisfaction to watch through the entirety there's like 14 episodes of jojo or whatever it just feels like this entire seven hour ish time that it's going to take to sit through it like it's just more intimidating so i don't do it i don't know it's weird yeah like that there, there's always like that that mixed thing for me for me like the reason i'm not the biggest fan of like the weekly ones is is mainly because of how my brain works i forget about it so because like like sunday arrives and you're like oh no yeah because like there's been like a few times because like Kay and i also watch like rupaul's drag race uh whenever whenever those episodes come out i think Mm -hmm. there was like one at one point where we kind of just forgot for like a couple weeks and they're like hour-long episodes and we're like oh no so then we have to try like catch up on that Weirdly enough, there's like a stereotype that like all trans women love like drag stuff. I've never watched RuPaul, like not a, a single episode. Honestly, I I don't think I will have watched it on if uh, if Kate didn't get me into watching it. I don't even remember when like I first started watching, but like she still watches all the old episodes and everything. Yeah, like I, I'm sure that it's got like entertainment value to it because it's incredibly mm-hmm. popular. I just I've never given it a chance. It's Mm-hmm. I don't, drag stuff is is more of like an exaggeration of gender usually speaking yeah uh, or at least that's like my perhaps ignorant understanding of it and um i i, I don't know never been compelled to sit down no one's ever been like so like 
oh come on flora let's do this let's let's watch through season one of, of rupaul so maybe one day <laughs> yeah like like i think they just finished up season three of like their their u.s um the u.s drag drag race uh right right now the one that we're keeping up on is uh canada versus the world so like is it not normally in the u.s i um that like, speaks to how ignorant i am here but i the, assumed um, it was the u.s like like the main one called called like rupaul's drag race is but it yeah. is is in the uh is the u.s one but there is okay. like a can like canada's drag There's race like other but, 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 yeah but like it's all under like the rupaul name and all that so it's like yeah um so so since oh my god we've been going for a while um so I'm good I, if you are yeah i know if you got more let's do it yeah i have like i have a, i have some other uh things here we have uh twitter questions yeah okay because uh i went on twitter i if you guys don't follow me on twitter do it it's at uh Cinex realize i whenever i have a host or guest not host i'm a the what host. i'm the host <laughs> i think it's something very different what sounds ho? like host yeah <laughs> i mean that too um I, that's the term I, I got for you. it i guess um but um to the listeners to dissect yeah exactly um I forgot what I was going to say. I lost my track. <laughs> Twitter questions. <laughs> Twitter questions. Yes. Um, every single time, um, it gets close to when I'm recording the podcast, I post um, who who we have on the podcast, and for you guys to leave questions, so go ahead, check out my Twitter, and just keep up with that. Uh, I'm going to be trying to get these out monthly, again. Um, so we have two questions here. The first one is from Bangerman Ten. Bangerman. Um, yes, Bangerman. Uh, the question is, Flora, when was it that you first decided you wanted? Oh, that's awkward. Writer talk about <laughs> video games on a surface level. Uh, was there a particular game or moment that drove you to dive in? Well, I think um, we, I think we kind of answered that already. Definitely Oops. covered it. Um, <laughs> it's, I'm sorry, Ben. It was more of a natural conversation topic, but um, maybe something else to just throw in there is um. In addition to The Last Guardian and Life is Strange, I would say that like um, there was a sort of insecurity that I had about like growing up. All the adults in my life said that video games were pointless, waste of time, childish activity, and you have to grow out of them. That's the expectation. Wait, they I are? was like, oh, maybe maybe they, they, they are. are. I don't they, know. They, I, I thought they were. <laughs> um i there's this expectation and i wanted to fight against that like stubbornly like a little bit rebelliously like uh, i'm gonna prove you wrong all these people who have said this to me in my life and so like in addition to being inspired by the game i was also pissed off at the dumb things that adults told me. so <laughs> yeah um, yeah to heck, add on to the answer yeah heck go. adults they suck we all hate adults i i still think that like as someone who interacts with young people often, uh, one of the refrains that I try to drill in is like, when people just claim they're an authority figure because they're older than you, that means that they don't actually have a good, clear, logical reason for why they're, you know, trying to invoke their authority. So you ought to be skeptical of that. And I know that puts me in a in a vulnerable position where everything I say and do has to be justified by something. But like, that's, you were talking earlier about how adults wing it all the time. Mm-hmm. 
that adults are just winging it all the time and so like That's, like yeah, why do it. we take you seriously just because you're older i don't owe you any more respect or trust or anything just because you're older and the fact that we have that as a societal expectation is frankly like an outdated conception did you did you end up seeing that uh that that trailer for fall guys with spongebob in it oh yeah yeah there's uh i think it's season three of the free to play fall guys season has like under the sea as its theme and they got spongebob licensing rights that's uh, at, i'm not gonna be buying any of it but it's cool yeah like every single time i see like a game like uh, like like fall guys or or fortnite doing like a like a new insane collab i'm like how in the hell did they even manage this yeah well, it's, it's quite frankly funny to me because Fortnite, the actual big Epic Games game, like I, I think has probably infinite more cultural cachet and impact than Fall Guys does, even though they're owned by the same company now. Um, like they haven't, I think, gotten a SpongeBob collab in Fortnite, but Fall Guys got one. So like that's yeah. just cool that like this other tinier game sniped these bigger IPs. Yeah, um, like, I, I really do feel like it like depends on like what what exactly they could do with it because like because like spongebob i could definitely see that a lot more being a fall guys thing than yeah than somehow them adding it into fortnite and adding like a little bubble blaster or something yeah like i think the newest thing like at this point in time that fortnite is adding is um my hero academia they're 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 adding they're adding that i believe i think it's like on the 16th or something like that um so that's this is january 1st my friend yeah this is gonna be so outdated there's probably been like a lot more collabs that have happened in fortnite at this point but i know like the battle pass like that's currently out it has like doom slayer i think is his name the doom guy yeah yeah um is right as well as uh the the guy with white hair from the witcher Geralt. (laughs) yeah that yeah that guy I, yeah. I I never saw The Witcher, so like I don't know anything about that. So I was like, "Oh, that's a dude from Witcher. I know him. He's that that's guy. Amazing. He's that guy from Netflix." That's that 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 <laughs> sigh is all I'm giving you. <laughs> Good. That's all I wanted. Um, I mean, I guess we might as well get into the last little game thing I have. Okay. Uh, so it's called Would You Rather. So right. you, you you probably figure out exactly what it is. It's a would you rather question. All mm-hmm. these all these I do end up grabbing from Reddit. I end up grabbing the ones that were like currently hot. Uh, typically I would go f- from like through like the past like top like month or whatever. Um, but I didn't I didn't feel like doing that. So um, the first one is would you rather make a hundred? I mean one dollar for. For every step you take, or a hundred thousand for every time you punch a stranger. Oh my God! Uh, the first option, every step I take. Uh, I, I, as much as I want to <laughs> rack up assault charges, um, I, I yeah, I, I take probably like ten to twenty thousand steps a day, so I'd I'd make that hundred thousand real quick. Uh, yeah, I I don't walk that much. I walk like oh. <laughs> I, I go to the gym after work usually. Oh, but that's fair. I I don't do that. I probably should be going to the gym, but I don't want to pay for it. Um, I just don't want to die earlier than I'm going to. So yeah, I actually I actually did find out. I think it was like the other week. Um, Kay and I decided to take our blood pressure or whatever. And from what I read, is that I have high blood pressure. So I'm like, oh, that's fun. Yeah, you got to take it seriously. It'll come yeah. back to haunt you unexpectedly. So be yeah. nice to your body. Yeah, 
Um, so the, dark the, again. Yeah, stop. <laughs> you need to stop that. <laughs> you can kick me off soon, I imagine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Um, so the second question is, this one's this one's a little bit weird. Um, would you rather be a multi-millionaire actress who eats human flesh on live TV, or be one of the producers who who makes low six figures sourcing the flesh? Uh this is actually conflicting because like the I think the romantic option here is to be the actress and like you know you get all the glam and the money uh whereas just being either a hit person or someone who's dealing with like human cadaver trading in the black market um I I think I could live with myself morally speaking being the shady dealer so I'll I'll pick that that producer or whatever take take a take a a couple hundred thousand. They're already dead. The ethics of it don't bother me at that point. Like, yeah, so true. what if you wanted to be turned into a mushroom or whatever? Like, sorry, like I. <laughs> Too I have, damn bad. You're going inside we this, got this entertainment. actor actress. Yeah, we yeah, got entertainment. We got we're live TV, happy. baby. Yeah. Imagine the show that. must go on. Imagine actually there being live TV. Lol, dude. I would watch at least one episode just to try it out. You know, like just like <laughs> just, cannibal, just to, give, just to give it a little taste. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so the last one here is: Would you rather have a highly advanced sex robot or a true love? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I know. <laughs> I mean, I, I think about the type of person who would answer each one of these choices, and I'm like, I don't want to be the person who says sex robot because uh, that seems really like incel mother's basement very quickly. Um, but you want to go with that one. I, I'm just saying it's a tempting option. I'm not saying it's my, my go-to. No, I'm going to pick the, the true love. Um, I'm a relatively aromantic person, um, like, it, which is, in my definition of that, aromantic sort of means, like, you don't feel the void or the absence of the social pressure of, like, in order to live a meaningful, fulfilling, complete life, you have to have a romantic partner. Um, I don't believe that. Like, I think that you can live all of those sorts of descriptors of a quality life um, without needing another person. And so um, I don't seek a partner right now. I haven't been in a relationship in over five years. Um, and so like between the two options, like the sex robot feels like, I don't know, some weird like desperate needing to get laid <laughs> choice. But like, I also don't really care if I have a romantic partner. I don't expect to have one. Mm -hmm. um I, I don't expect to like change my life and like you know would i be open to it if somebody was like that impressive on all of the various levels yeah of course but like and have i had fulfillment from my romantic partnerships in the past yes of course but um ultimately um i, I i'm not gonna pick the sex for a lot because that just <laughs> i i feel like that's gonna be the headline of this episode if i do so i'm going oh, with true that, love oh come on i needed it <laughs> <laughs> if you want clickbait you know like flora almost all caps chooses sex robot or whatever like you've got my, go for it but no, all, all i've got is is flora makes things darker than they are <laughs> yeah flora brings everything or like <laughs> makes every topic depressing or something you, yeah. you can work with it how to make every talk depressing in five easy steps um yeah i mean i guess that's all, all we got we've been going for over an hour and a half that's honestly longer than most of my podcasts have 
yeah yeah i think your longest that i saw was like almost two hours so i'm, I I'm surprised so. but i i've enjoyed what we've talked about um so yeah i guess if you want to uh plug your socials all that other stuff go ahead um the main place i guess i want people to check out is epiloggaming.com um that's where i publish all my articles that's where you can find links to all of our things like our discord and stuff if you want to reach out get in touch um i'm sure there's people watching who i don't know personally but i'd be happy to talk to people um if they have thoughts questions whatever based on this episode um if you want to follow my like random posting and stuff twitter uh is a good place to do that um i'm ludo narrative fm and um that's uh it's currently it's mostly like horny fan art if i'm being real like that's 80 percent of my content that i just share out yeah but, uh, I, when i was scrolling and trying to do a little bit of research i saw a lot <laughs> I, i'm totally self-aware about it i know that it's, all right it's as long over... as you know oh yeah no um i also share articles and other content but it's all video game related so if you like gaming stuff um particularly with like a queer trans just very 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 lesbian sort of vibe um then then yeah that's a good place as well so probably those things and then finally um the left behind game club podcast if you type that into any podcast player of your choice um it should pop up so uh if you want to hear me talk more um that is a good way to do so yeah and and if you and if you guys uh enjoyed this podcast uh if you guys are watching on youtube hit the like button if you're on other uh podcast platforms like spotify and stuff you guys should rate it five stars, you know, help me out. Um, I don't even know if stars are even, or like rating it even does anything. But It does. It boosts your algorithm. Like, yeah. you show up easier. Okay, yeah. Put me in the algorithm, please. I need that. Because funny thing is, is this episode is the first, like, episode being recorded that is going to be on a separate channel. Because I was talking oh, cool. to some people about, like, doing, like, a separate channel for the podcast um and i said that it's a better idea to do that than just keep uploading on the mind so this will be the first new podcast over there so you guys should subscribe if you guys haven't um hit, hit the bell yeah hit the bell so it's you get that notification once do. a month yeah like comment subscribe um let me know who you guys want to see on the podcast next uh i'm on twitter instagram literally just search to next realize on most social media platforms they most likely find me and uh yeah Thank you guys so much for watching. Hope you guys enjoyed. On that note, I'm gonna get I'm gonna get the hell on out of here. I'll catch you guys in the next one. Bye bye.